Welcome to Multiple Revenue Streams, the podcast for anyone who wants to start a side hustle, business owners who wish to expand, entrepreneurs who build brands, and moms who build empires. I'm your host, Linda Payan, and I'm here to encourage you to keep going, do the little things every day, and start building a revenue stream that you are proud of. Please sit back, relax, grab your sparkling water, and let's find it. Good morning. Today we have Julie Zaruba Fontaine. She is the founder of Empower Possible, adjunct faculty at the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota, and a well-being specialist at Essentia Health. She has a master's degree in health, nutrition, and exercise science, an MBA in change and leadership, and believes her relationships with nonprofits and community boards taught her how to serve her clients in a unique way by addressing well-being and organizational development together. So glad to have you here, Julie. Welcome. Thank you. Where did you start probably after your master's degree or even before that? Why don't you share your journey? Thank you so much, Linda, for having me here today. I'm happy to be here and speak to your guests. I've always been a very curious person. So my journey has been a long time coming, I think, in this uh, multi-revenue stream arena because I've always been interested in different areas. And after I completed my MBA degree, I really realized that within the organization I was in, I was already acting as an entrepreneur. And it was actually one of my advisors within the program. I was speaking with them and they said, Julie, you're already doing this. You're an intrapreneur within the organization. You're already acting as an entrepreneur, but they called it an intrapreneur because I was within the organization. Within that, I was being called into different departments and called to different leadership roles and being asked to facilitate meetings, lead strategizing sessions, and be a mitigator sometimes amongst departments that were having internal conflict. That's what really got me thinking that maybe I, since I'm doing already doing this for my organization and it isn't my full-time job, I was the wellness coordinator. Since I've been asked that at, at my organization, maybe I can take this and do this externally. Soon enough, I was being called to come in, lead workshops, facilitate, strategizing sessions outside the organization. And I didn't have a business. So I was just, I was doing it as an individual. A couple of years later, I was becoming more burned out in my role. I mentioned that I was being asked to do more within the role, within the organization. And I didn't have the ability to set boundaries. So part of that is on me and not feeling like I could say no and wanting those experiences and knowing that I had the skill set to deliver. So I didn't want to say no sometimes, um, but that led me to feeling quite burned out. I was burned out. I started looking for other jobs and the jobs that I was getting offered didn't quite meet my criteria. And then sometimes I wasn't being offered the jobs that I was really looking forward to. So I thought I need to get out of the situation that I'm in. I'm not getting the jobs that I want. I've been thinking about consulting. Maybe now's the time to take the leap and start a business. I am not a risk taker. The fact that I was even having that thought <laughs> it shows you how low of a point I was at. And 
And then I started up the LLC. And the same month that I started the LLC, I started a new position at a different organization. And so as life would have it, this other position came into my life at the same time. So what I always like to say, it was just the universe, like I let go of control of that situation. And suddenly it was like, okay, now you're ready. Now you're ready to take on this new role. You were able to let it go and now you're ready. And it came into my life. So that meant I took a little hiatus from my business to get into fully integrated into my new role. And after a while of adjusting things and working things out, I dove back into my business and am now going and working with other people and clients. And really my ultimate goal is to build a community of support for folks that are going through transitions and change and want to take action, but don't quite know how organizations that want to lead differently, individuals that want to live their life differently, because I've had those personal experiences and know how lonely and hard it can be. And that was really the second reason why I started my business is because I have a unique skill set. You mentioned a few of my degrees and experiences. I have a unique skill set and can adjust those changes in a way that other folks don't just because of the unique things that I bring to the world. That was the reason why I started it because I don't think anyone needs to stay in that position of being stuck and overwhelmed and overburdened, overstressed through the systems that I've created. Uh, We can move through that together. Tell us about your clients. Do you have, you mentioned that you do individuals and corporations. Let's Mm -hmm. focus on individuals first and give an example of like the type of client that would come for you for help and hire you? Sure. How I would describe my clients, learners and leaders. So uh, learners that want, are feeling overburdened and stressed out about the situation they're in, and they're ready to lead in a different way. So lead themselves or lead their team or lead their organization. And those folks that I've worked with are through different workshops that I have. One is the Empower Workshop, which Empower is an acronym and it's a lot of letters. (laughs) So uh, bear with me as I work through the letters, but Empower, the first is that we do activities centered around engagement. So building engagement with yourself, your social networks and the systems. And the second letter is meaning. So creating meaning in your life. And then we also tie that and connect that with purpose. The third letter of Empower is people. So again, looking at those back from those social systems from the first engagement and looking at how those people influence the choice that you make and how you live your day-to-day life and how they support you. Then organization. So the O is for organization. And that can be different organizations you're involved with in paid and unpaid roles. So we've got different volunteer groups that they're in, maybe certain religious communities that you're involved in, teams. A lot of parents are involved in different teams, maybe as a coach, but how all of those come together and influence your life. And then the last three are well-being, empathy, and regenerate. So that's a workshop series Empower that was created because of the gaps that I've seen in different ways that people address changing their own behavior. Sometimes some focus on only the self, and that's a great starting point, but we don't live in a vacuum. So our social networks influence our choices. The systems, seen and unseen systems influence our choices. So you may have blocks that are out of your control and you keep on wondering, okay, what am I stumbling against? What am I stumbling against? What am I stumbling against? And it's because there isn't this acknowledgement of those outside systems that are influencing you. That's why there's the three empowerment model that we go through of the self, social, and systems. Um, And the other big workshop that I've had a lot of good feedback on is called a variety of things, depending on the organization 
organization I'm working with. Sometimes it's called happy hour. Some folks don't like that. <laughs> so we step away from that. And sometimes it's I call it soul, which is seeing optimism uplift life. And in that workshop series, we go through different aspects of positive psychology that have been research. It's all research-based aspects of positive psychology. So those are the two main areas that people dive into my content if you're an individual. Got it. All right. That's pretty cool. Let's talk about the pursuit of happiness and how to stay well as an entrepreneur. You want to just touch on that? Absolutely. So I would say many of the teams, organizations, and individuals that I work with really have this idea and this either a very adversarial relationship with happiness, or sometimes they're thinking of happiness in maybe a way that isn't so helpful. So when I talk about happiness, throughout the different work areas that I am involved in, what I mean by that definition is that happiness is that feeling that you have when you're striving to reach your full potential. So happiness isn't the opposite of sadness. It's not the opposite of work. It is a feeling of enjoyment of the process and the journey. And that's a really good distinction to make because when I started having a better understanding of the word happiness in my own life, I was then able to see it play out that just because I'm working in my job doesn't mean I can't be happy. And sometimes the messaging is is like work all week and then you're happy on the weekend or work all week and then you're happy when you get your vacation or work all week and then you're happy when you get the promotion. And I bought into that. And when I realized that's not true, like you will never be happy if that's true for you. That changed my life because I realized I can be happy throughout my day. Work isn't the opposite of happiness. One of the core values of Empower Possible is joyful success. You can have that, but you need to dispel some myths first. So one of the myths about happiness I already alluded to, which is once you have the perfect job, once you have this perfect partner, that you're going to be happy. And it's false. That's not how our minds work. Once we get a job or a promotion or a relate into a relationship, we suddenly, yes, we're happy for a little bit, but that happy, that type of happiness fades and we want a better job. We want more money. We want a different partner potentially. It, it does give us a little bit of boost, but that type of happiness isn't the happiness that really is going to impact our overall satisfaction with our lives. So that's the first thing is chasing happiness doesn't lead to happiness. You just get more frustrated and the boundaries keep getting pushed or the finish line keeps getting pushed. So enjoying that journey is what actually will lead to greater satisfaction with life. The other thing is a lot of times when I'm working with folks, sometimes organizations bring me in, people sign up for the session because maybe a friend is signing up and they want to do it with their friend, but sometimes they're kind of critical of, of the word happiness and think that's a nice to have. I don't really need to be happy. Like that's kind of frivolous. I'm here to get my job done. Life isn't about being happy, which is the fair thing to say, depending on how you define happiness. So I try to dispel the myth that happiness isn't just a mood. It is a work ethic. It is a way of being and operating in life. And it's not just a mood. Like I said, I'm going to keep repeating this because I think it's true. Work isn't the opposite of happiness. And when you're fulfilling your life's purpose, that is what happiness is. And then the third myth, some people and some people come in quite sad when I'm working with them because they think I 
I can't be happy. I don't know how to be happy. Um, I'm in this certain life situation. I have been through a lot of trauma and I'm not a therapist, but do offer support systems in the coaching or consulting manner. And they just are quite sad about it. Why I love this work and doing this work is because there is a threshold of happiness. There is like a max. If you come in at a certain level, you're not suddenly going to be the most happiest person in the whole world. That's not the goal. But I do know because I've done this with hundreds of people. If you put a certain set of practices into place in your life, your level of happiness will improve. I have never had a group that I've worked with where this hasn't been true. And I've worked with dozens of groups. And I can say that honestly, because this is a system that has worked over and over and over again, even though it seems like, can that really be true? It is true in my experience. And that is because our level of happiness is determined by something called the happiness equation. This does include your life circumstances and it does include your genetic, but it also includes your behaviors. And that's the piece that we focus on is what are your behaviors that you can control that will influence your level of happiness. That's why I said there's a set point for every person because there is a certain influence of genetics and life circumstances and those matter and what you do matters. So that's the third myth to take away is that I can't improve my own level of happiness. I'm born this way. Nothing is going to change it. That isn't true. And that hasn't been true from my experience with a lot of different people. Fantastic. I love when you said happiness is when you're striving to reach your full potential. I think as entrepreneurs, that is a quote that I'm going to share from you because it's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, we all need to hear that. The other thing that I love is about adjusting your brain so that we see the ways to rise above our circumstances. And we all have a set of circumstances that aren't positive. I love that you are dispelling the myths and helping people reach that happiness. Tell us with, within your Empower Possible organization, we're talking about multi-revenue streams. Tell us the revenue streams you have within that unit. And then we'll talk about your other revenue streams that you have as well. So within my Empower Possible, there are lots of different ways to engage. The first is through online courses. So I mentioned a couple of the online courses that I have. So I have free ways to engage too. So that's not necessarily a revenue stream for me, but I do want to offer that to folks um, because I believe that's very important to share what you have. So I've got a free newsletter and then a couple of free online courses and then paid courses. Then I offer coaching services. So some of the coaching services are tied to that content that I been speaking about the empower model and then the positive psychology aspects. And I also have the revenue stream of consulting services. So I come into organizations around strategic planning, goal setting, leading different workshops on health and wellness. And then on all those same topics, I also am a keynote speaker and presenter. Uh, so I go and and lead at trainings. Sometimes organizations bring me into their regional trainings and I'll speak to different topics that fit their audience. And I also speak at conferences. So sometimes conference organizers will reach out to me to lead activity breaks or mindfulness sessions or speak to a particular topic. So those are the revenue streams within Empower Possible. I love it. Let's just break this down because if we have any new entrepreneurs listening, they're freaking out right now because they're like, 
holy cow, this is way more than I thought to do. I want you to share with us what you started first and how it grew from there. Yeah, absolutely. My background, the 10 years prior to starting this business, I had already been acting as a consultant. I didn't do any marketing, but folks reached out to me. So that was a natural piece to include. And same with the coaching. I was already doing those things and that was already set up. You mentioned in the intro, I'm an adjunct professor. I have been teaching online. I've for years, even prior to the COVID pandemic, when a lot moved online, I was already teaching online. So that was already a really natural, I had a lot of content that it was just natural. Well, of course, I should include this on my website, because I've already built this, it's already my intellectual property. So it wasn't that much work to put that up. Um, And then the retreats and workshop and keynote presentations, the workshops and keynote presentations were also things that I was already doing. Again, and it was for my former organization, but it was topics. I've already been speaking to these topics for 10 years. The retreats is something new. That's the one new thing that has been different in my business versus my other job. So it was really just about modifying the things that I was already doing to, to make it in line with the core values of my business and the vision of my business and the mission. I had a decade of experience. I always, especially as a new business owner, remind myself of this, but what I tell other folks is every expert was once a beginner. Do not get into that game of comparing yourself to somebody that's been doing it for 30 years. Talk about not being happy. (laughs) You're not going to be very happy if that's the case. I mean, I would say don't compare yourself to me. Find your own goals and and dive into that. And yes, it's good to look at other people because you're curious about what they're doing, but don't put that into your state of shame about I should be. Don't should on yourself. You might want to do something, but I wouldn't. Don't get into that cycle of shoulding. Oh, I 100% agree. I know that entrepreneurs generally are extremely creative and that's why I'm doing the podcast so that they can hear everything that's available to them. And sometimes they wouldn't think that that would be something that they could do. So I love that you're sharing all these different avenues. Why don't you talk about your other revenue streams? You kind of like filter them in a little bit here and there, but why don't you share directly some of the other streams that you do, how long you've been doing them and why you still are doing them? Sure. Uh, my other revenue streams is I I have a position as a well-being specialist. So that is what sustains most of my income. And I have a flexible schedule. So I'm able to do a lot of different work with different organizations because I can flex my time, which works really well. And I'm eternally grateful for the support that I have because without that, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. So that is important because I need to be able to maintain all of my commitments to them because that's very important. And so that's something to consider when you're starting is being very transparent and clear with every partner that you're working with and fully disclose what it is that you're doing. Don't don't hide it would be my suggestion. Find that situation that works best for you. Uh, the other revenue stream that I have is a partnership with my alma mater, my undergraduate alma mater, University of Mary. And I've been doing that now for seven or eight years where I've been teaching online in their wellness minor program that has just 
been a really great partnership that my contract just gets renewed every semester, which I'm very thankful for. And we'll keep that going. And it's a great way too for me to stay engaged and up to date with all of the new information that's coming out about wellness because I've got a course to teach about it. What is the course that you teach? What's it called? It's the Foundations of Health Promotion and Wellbeing. Well, that's perfect. right. It's in line. <laughs> and that's the that's the other thing that I would share with my revenue streams. They're, they seem desperate, but they are connected. So my full-time job as a well-being specialist, everything that I'm doing in there complements the business and vice versa. And the adjunct role complements the business. I also have other revenue streams that are little side projects. I'm a grant reviewer. The grants that I review have to do with health equity, which is an important topic for me. And so I get to see different organizations that are doing different work throughout the state of Minnesota around health equity. And that also benefits my work because you were saying you get inspired by what's around you. So I'll see what these other organizations are doing and be inspired by the work. Now as a grant editor, I need to, I can't disclose any of that information to anyone else. And it needs to be, I don't reach out to those organizations because that would be a conflict of interest but it does in the back of my mind still influence my work. So it's been an adventure and it has been over a matter of years that these have come to be. Great. Thanks for sharing all that. Yeah. Very intriguing. I want to wrap this up a little bit and I want to ask you a few questions. Do you have a favorite personal development book or podcast that you read or listen to? Say One of my favorites is Life questions and answers with charity youngblood and the other one is no straight path with ashley babatunde menez babatunde those are two of my favorites life questions and answers i really like because they're five to seven or eight minutes long so charity does a great job of asking questions and getting you giving you the opportunity to reflect and it's five to seven minutes so i can play that as i'm brushing my teeth in the morning <laughs> which is wonderful because it's a great way to start off my day. And then the no straight path really resonates with me because I've switched industries a couple of times and now I'm an entrepreneur. And sometimes there's this mindset of, I went to school for this, now I need to do this and that's it. <laughs> and really most stories don't go that way. We all have different experiences that take us through this maze. And so I just really, I just love hearing other people's stories of how they've come to be where they are. So I really enjoy that. Excellent. I do too. That's why I started this as well. Cause I just find it fascinating. And, right. you know, I think we need to lift each other up. Absolutely. What's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice that I have ever received came maybe a couple of months into my old role. The role that I had previously, once I got it, I just thought it was my dream job. I just was like, this is it. This is what I'm going to be doing the rest of my life. This is amazing. And I didn't want to mess it up. And I was terrified <laughs> that I was going to do something that would prevent me from succeeding. So I would come into my meetings with my supervisor. I'm a note taker. So I'd have my list, like a full eight by 11 <laughs> sheet of everything to check off. Okay. Like, is it okay if I contact this person to do this? I plan on sending this email about this. Like I needed... I needed approval for everything. And finally, after several meetings of this, the patience of my supervisor was unreal. They finally said to me, Julie, lean into your power. 
<laughs> and it just a light bulb went off for me. And I just thought, oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't need to ask for permission. I know what I'm doing. Like I needed to hear that from someone else. That might not be the best thing or healthiest thing for me to ad admit to that I had those insecurities, but it was true. I had these insecurities that prevented me from seeing what I could contribute. And I found myself continually asking for permission and I didn't have to because I was the competent. They hired me for a reason. They hired me to do this job and I needed to trust myself to do the job. And once that happened, it just took off. It just, I, I really began to flourish and I owe it all to that moment. I love that. It's really self-confidence. Absolutely. And you were given permission to think on your yeah. own. Yeah. And mm -hmm. there, there are some supervisors where that's not a possibility. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not, yeah. it's not unheard of. I love that. What's your favorite app or system that you use to streamline one of your everyday tasks? Part of my, I guess, struggle, which your audience may have noticed, I like to be involved in a lot of different things. <laughs> one of my struggles is setting boundaries. I use my Google calendar and I put everything in it. Every my email response time I put in there, business meetings I put in there, my workout time I put in there, working out is really important to me. Anything that I have in my social life goes in there, any items, to-do items go in there. And once the calendar's full, it's full. <laughs> and so that that has helped me set my own boundaries because I'll, I'll look and it's like, nope, I got to move that task to the next day. I'm not going to stay up any later to do that. I'm going to actually start fresh the next day. So for me and for those that tend to overcommit or overbook, that has been the most helpful because I can set up everything that I need to do. The only problem with that is, is that it is all online. <laughs> Maybe a paper calendar if you're not a fan of being online. That tool that calendaring system, setting up a calendaring system for me has really helped me create a harmony in my life. I love that. And I think there are people, I think you're either paper or digital. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Initially I did both because, you know, I was like having a hard time going from paper to digital. Yeah. And this was probably, this is a long time ago, but, but I remember the minute that I scheduled three things at the same time on the same day, I knew that I I needed to not have two calendars anymore. Mm -hmm. And I started doing everything digitally and, you know, it made a huge difference. I have one question leading on that. You mentioned that you, you know, you put everything in your calendar. If you didn't finish it that day, you put it to the next day. Are there times when it just keeps getting put off and put off or? Yeah. So when that <laughs> happens, I then ask myself the question, what is blocking here? Like, why am I not prioritizing this? I've been moving it now five times, or I probably check in a little bit earlier than that, probably three times after I move it a couple of times. I think there's obviously a block happening. It's been on the calendar. I keep moving it. Do I need to do it or should I just delete it? Does it actually have to be done? If I keep moving it, isn't it, is it really that important or can I delegate it to somebody else? So I, I ask myself those questions. If it doesn't get done, I say, can I delegate this to someone? Does it actually need to happen or what's the block here if it does need to happen and I'm not doing it? I love that. Lastly, where can listeners find you online? I am going to put everything in the show notes, but I thought for anybody that wants to hear them, why don't you, why don't you share that? Yeah. So I have a website, empowerpossible.com. So you can go there. I'm also on social media. 
So at Empower Possible is my Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest. And LinkedIn is Julie Zaruba Fountain. So you can find me on LinkedIn and you know send me a message and I can shoot you all of the details. Or if you do are curious about anything that I said or have feedback for me, I love hearing comments and feedback. So info at empowerpossible.com is my email address. And I would love to hear what your favorite systems are or your success stories or what you, um, what blocks are coming up for you. So please feel free to reach out. Thank you so much, Julie. Gosh, it's been such a pleasure having you on today. Yeah, Linda, I've enjoyed talking with you and I look forward to uh, listening to your future podcasts and seeing your growth and success too. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Thank you. (laughs) 